Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Curiosity Killed the Rat. My name is Matt, I'm a science enthusiast and I'm recording on Noongar Country today. And I am joined by my regular co-host on the show, our regular scientist on the show, Cade, and two other guests as well. Cade, how are yeah. you doing today? Full house today here on Curiosity Killed the Rat. There's four of us, which is like super exciting. I'll get to the other two in a second. But first, yeah, I'm uh, Cade and I am the regular scientist here on this show. I'm a neuroscientist and talk about neuroscience and all sorts of other things. Um, but sometimes I don't lead the science. So today is one of those days, which is was very lucky um, because <laughs> I've got COVID. Um, <laughs> and my brain and my cognitive capacity currently reflect that. Apologies in advance to all of our listeners for how little sense I make <laughs> and for any coughing that uh, makes it onto the recording. But we're here and we're strong and we're bringing you a show anyway because me and our two guests, um, who are all, all three of us are recording from lands traditionally owned by the Wurundjeri people here in Nam, uh, Melbourne. And we're going to talk about, I believe, rockets. We're going to do some like space stuff. So first we've got our, our main guest, our important guest for the show. We've got Oliver joining us here. Uh, how's it going, Oliver? Oh, thanks, Kate. Uh, pretty good. Um, happy to be here. Th- thanks for inviting me. And yeah, I want to talk about rockets because, well, rockets are cool, but also I'm an astrophysicist by trade, mm-hmm. doing my PhD. So so you're relatively my- qualified to talk about shit that goes on in like space, which like rockets, I understand. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> Let, let's go with yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Look, I look. You're qualified Nothing enough. Nothing too me. complicated. It's uh, not like it's rocket science or anything. <laughs> I like but, rockets. Uh, that makes me qualified. <laughs> look, you like rockets, and you, you. Well, I like rockets as well. Does that mean I'm just as qualified? Well, I guess we'll see how how we go then. Yeah. Cool. See how much I know <laughs> about about rockets. And joining you as well, we have our friend of the pod. Regular space guy, science star man, Ziggy Stardust himself, <laughs> Benji. Yeah, we have Benji. Hello. You're here as well. Because <laughs> I've been here this whole time. <laughs> you've dubbed yourself. Sorry, what was the official title um, that you gave space yourself? Space science correspondent. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't call myself regular, but I am a friend of the show, and I have been on this pod many a time. Whenever something space comes up, you can't you can't kick me out. I just I we just always end up here. Actually, yeah. didn't uh, we we didn't invite you on for this one. We don't know how you found out about it. We'd blocked you from all social media and all of the chats, but how somehow you, know where I live? you found your um, way here, and you're here an on the space episode. You we just, just can't you stop just know you. these things. <laughs> um, but look, between the four of us, we're gonna have a fucking blast. Hey. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's my one attempt. That's my one joke. I've done it, folks. I've done my best. Uh, look, I'm going to now hand the reins over. Oliver, tell us some cool shit. Where do you want to start with this? Where do you want to go with this? Uh, well, I suppose a logical place would probably be to say what a rocket is for those that don't 100% know, and then then we can just go from there. And Yeah, okay. Right. What is? Yeah, that's a good point. What <laughs> What is a rocket? What defines a rocket? What makes something... Like, is there a difference between like a rocket and a spaceship and a? I don't know. I don't know anything. Well, you now that I'm like thinking about it and pausing don't and go thinking to about space, this. right? Like pocket rockets, where you just get like a piece of pipe or a water bottle and just it shoots directly up, and it's a fun little backyard project. But I wouldn't call that a spaceship because it doesn't go to space, <laughs> right? But that would still yeah. technically be a rocket. I was no. thinking of like rocket launches. There's as a well. few different ways you can define a rocket, but I mean, the main one is it's it's basically just some sort of propulsion engine like a jet engine, except unlike a jet engine, it doesn't breathe air. So, you know, like jet engines on planes and stuff, they're always sucking in air from the atmosphere. Yeah. But if we want to send a rocket to outer space, there's no air in outer space. That's so a, this is true. Instead oh, of breathing, true, hey. it carries its own air with it. So that's kind of the main difference between the, a rocket and like a jet. And then it's, but it's pretty like at a base level, pretty simple. Cause then the only thing that's actually happening is, combustion so you're just burning a fuel with uh, an oxidizer same thing that happens in car engines same things that happens in jet engines the main difference is uh it carries its own oxygen with it um 
which is pretty cool. So is a car a rocket then? Mm, is a car a rocket? Mm, mm-hmm. I'd say no because it breathes its own air in. It's sucking the air from Does the it? atmosphere in. Yeah. That's why a car, that's why all like uh, non-electric cars have like big grills at the front. Mm. So, the, um, so does that mean air. an electric car's a rocket because it doesn't need to breathe air? <laughs> no, because it doesn't rely on combustion to move. Yeah. So it's not a rocket no for combustion. that reason. <laughs> not a rocket. Hashtag from this combustion. definition, at least. <laughs> I'm trying to find. I'm trying to think of like loopholes to yeah, this where I, I can be like, hmm, I see you your definition, with and I give the, you a um, rocket. With the Megamind meme where it's got Megamind's face and it's just the words "no bitches" underneath, and it's him doing the pouty <laughs> face. <laughs> no, this, yeah. is it? Hold on. Is there a way to share screens in in Google? In, in Zoom, like Sorry. Zoom, where you yeah. click the button that says share screen, will do it. Um, oh, that 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 makes sense. Hold on. Yeah, the big this, this is important for context. I assume it's enabled. <laughs> all right, all right. Where's the share screen button? Let's see if this will work. Wait, where is the share screen button? Is it in? It's the big green one down the bottom. Oh yeah, that says share screen. The only button yeah, that's a different one. color. That'll yeah. be the one. Yeah, it should be. Easy did you to not find, do twenty twenty or? <laughs> no, he did it in Western Australia. Oh yeah, true. Um. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> lucky uh, you. Yep, Zoom. I will allow you to do that. Go on. Yeah, Matt, your your Perth is showing. <laughs> Careful. Uh, <laughs> how do I use Zoom? What's a virtual <laughs> event? Sorry, um, COVID. Okay. Who's she? There we go. Is this working? Yep. Yep. <laughs> what? Okay. So imagine that, but instead of no bitches, it just says no p- combustion in reference to an electric car. Right. I was wondering where you were going with this. Yeah, <laughs> I just want. I, I thought it was going to be a quick, snappy little bit, but y'all didn't know the meme, so I had to, you know, provide context and. I'm sure our listener audience will. (laughs) In the editing process, I'll make this meme and I'll attach a link in the description and it'll all be great. It'll be (laughs) worth it as a bit. Absolutely. Right. Okay. So, all right. Sorry. To summarize, a rocket. Don't breathe. Don't. (laughs) Rockets don't breathe. Yeah. Rockets don't breathe breathe their own. They they bring their own air. And for combustion to occur, you need oxygen. And just rather than pulling the oxygen from the atmosphere, it stores it in big liquid oxygen pressurized tanks, right? And then shoots the yeah. liquid oxygen down into the engine, creating the combustion, creating Wait, a massive what? amount of thrust and boo, you got, yeah, you got space what, what, travel. What? I, okay, you're going to have to back it up <laughs> and I don't know. So this is why I'm here, to be the yeah. real layperson <laughs> of this episode for once. Um, this I is had multiple child bedrooms that were space-themed. I may not have gone to uni for it, but I like rockets. <laughs> I like yeah. space. Damn right. Rockets are cool. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah, so like there's there's like the main type of rocket used today are liquid-fueled rockets. So they normally carry like a big tank of, like you said, liquid oxygen and then another big tank of whatever... Um, the fuel is. So there are a few different options for that. And yeah, then you just, you know, pump those liquids into a tank, light a little match, and then boom, and then push that boom out the back. And then Houston, we have forward. liftoff. Yeah. So rocket science. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just rocket science. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty simple, you know. Um, not too if that's what rocket science is, honestly, that saying has just lost a lot of. Well, it's not brain surgery. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I mean, it, clearly a it, it gets a little bit more complicated than that. But <laughs> oh yeah, does it? All right, go on then. Impress well, me. No, light a match and off you pip, right? <laughs> I mean, so the first problem with uh, liquid fueled rockets is, um, how do you get the liquids into the chamber? Um, and then how do you stop those liquids and the combustion flowing back up? Because in the combustion chamber, you're lighting, like, say, kerosene with oxygen, makes a lot of energy. How do you, we want that energy to go out the end of the rocket and not go back up into, through the pipes and back into the, mm, into the tanks. How do you direct the, like, well, sure the, the fire boom? How do you direct the boom? Yeah, we want, we want fire go out the fire and not back up we want into the fire. I feel like I not. have some experience in deodorant can flamethrowers. And that's <laughs> some amateur experience. Deodorant can is just a pressurized container of 
fuel. And when you release the pressure, it aerosolizes and shoots very strongly in one direction. You put your ignition source behind that and you get the flame. As long as you can keep that release of pressure going consistently, the fire won't go back into the odorant can and explode in your hand. So is it as simple as opening a single hole and then that pressure can release consistently out of the tank without that risk? It can be. So yeah, like um, kind of as you said, the important thing is pressure. That's that's all um, that really matters in terms of where things flow for rockets because pressure is always pushing. So like the flick, the fuels want to go from high pressure to low pressure. So mm. if you have high pressure in the tanks, like higher pressure than in the combustion chamber, then you're all good. So the most simple type of rocket is literally just open a valve and let the high pressure tanks push all the liquids down into the combustion chamber and then make fire go out the back. The giant flamethrowers. Basically, yeah. So those That's are like awesome. really simple. Yeah, you can kind of just think of it <laughs> as like a yeah, it's like a um, deodorant flamethrower can. Mm. Uh, mm. just with a few extra steps. <laughs> and maybe a more noble purpose, but I don't know, maybe not. Problem with that is you're limited by how much pressure you can get in those tanks though, because you know, those tanks are made out of real world materials. And if you have right. too much pressure, the tanks go boom. And we don't want that because no. explosions are scary and bad. Yes. I think and we can all Except for when they're that. being directed out yeah. of the back. Yes. We want controlled explosion, not uncontrolled explosion. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's the difference uh, between a rocket and a weapon, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, rocket launches, rockets can be weapons. Oh, oh that's true. I reckon we should circle back to that. <laughs> yeah, well, you want to control during the middle bit and then uncontrolled at the very end, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. So you're controlling. That's still controlled, though, hey? Oh, true, yeah. Because you want to control you... when it explodes so you don't explode and the enemy explodes instead. Ideally. Yeah. So, like, I think very simple rockets back in the day were literally just pressure-fed like that, where you just open a valve and light light a match and then yeah. like let it do its thing. <laughs> let it rip. But then like some smart people, smarter than me, worked out that hey, there are there are better ways to force the fuel into the chamber with high pressures. So they added a pump. So hmm. getting a little bit more complicated, you just put a pump in to, you know, pump the fuel into the chamber so that it's, it can be at higher pressure than in the tank. Then we're not limited by the strength of the tanks. But then you have the problem of how do you run the pump? So I don't know if you, like, what do you guys reckon? If you were making a rocket and you needed to have a pump pumping the fuel in, what would your first thought be to how to, how to pump it? Surely you, pump? you could somehow siphon some residual energy from the thrust that is getting created by the rocket engine and use that to power a motor, which would then control a pump. Yeah, I was going to say a little fantasy creature, like you, know, <laughs> you put a little gerbil in, little hamster wheel, a little, a little running wheel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, though they do actually like do that, but they have like wait, essentially. Wait, 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 wait. Just <laughs> no, to clarify, okay, which sorry. one do they actually <laughs> do? Talking about what Matt said, not about what Kay said. As far as I'm aware, <laughs> maybe we can patent that. You know, you might need a few animals, though. I don't know how. I don't know if you could need. get that past the RSPCA. Mm, we'll yeah, I think go. can we and should we are two different questions. Um, <laughs> and the answer to both is no. <laughs> oh, no, I'm in a room full of scientists. They kept asking, could we and not should we? Yeah. Oh, but like, Matt, you pretty much had it um, on the nose there. Is that the way they, they way they power the pumps is they use a turbine and then the way to spin the turbine is they make a mini rocket engine inside the bigger rocket engine. <laughs> Fucking rocket right. side. How do they pump what? the fuel to that mini rocket? Yeah, like, does this not just be a problem that keeps, like, you no, know, just put extra going smaller in. and smaller and smaller? Babushka doll rocket engines? Okay, so that's starting a rocket engine is is a whole nother kettle of fish. So the, the pumps pump the fuel into both the main engine and the little mini engine too. Uh, but the mini engine is used to to power the right, pump. Right, so just to like if the power pumps it. power the mini engine, the mini engine powers the pump. It's oh like right. right. So how do you? Oh boy. So there are there are a few ways they do that, but I think the most simple one is you carry a little bit of ex, of like some pressurized other gas, like helium or something, something that's not going to blow up. So mm. not hydrogen. You carry helium because it's it's nice and not reactive. It plays nice with everything, mm-hmm. and then you basically just do. Mm-hmm. What you do with a deodorant can, except without lighting it, 
you just spray that pressurized helium onto the mm. turbine to spin up the turbine. What a normal person does in the morning applying oh. deodorant, not what yeah. Matt does in the morning when applying deodorant. <laughs> well, I don't want to without the how Matt uses his, his uh, deodorant. <laughs> thing, <you know. laughs> they do it different in Often with fire. I don't know. Usually not on self. Depends if I want pit hair that day or not. I don't like using razors. Flamethrower all the way. No crisp in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be the most heavy metal way of getting rid of body hair. <laughs> Flamethrower. Fucking Great. A. So, yeah. So you've got one mini deodorant can that works as like the rip cord that starts off the pump going. And the pump pumps the pump and pumps the fuel into the rocket at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, good. And when does the sparky sparky boom boom come into it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the way they start them, it's dependent. So... One of the funniest things, so I keep saying light a match, uh, mm. half joking, except if you look at the Soviet rockets and even the modern day Russian rockets, they literally have giant matches shoved into the rocket from outside that they light prior to it. And then they're basically just big stick match things that they light. Just like a torch of fire and then put the fire source near the thing and let that do it. So they've got like an external spark plug. They don't have yeah. an ignition thing built into it. Uh, well, that's, this is one way to do it. This, <laughs> it's also the funniest way to do it because it's literally just shoving a big stick on fire into a- It feels very know. like Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner, just, you know, a bloody um, acne <laughs> giant yeah. match. Do they light it in light. there or do they have to like carry it with them like an Olympic torch? Yeah. Really? I'm not actually sure. I've never seen. I've never seen it happen. Because like, <laughs> I imagine they put it in there. Because you then still have to light the stick. Maybe there's a fuse. I don't know, but I think that's the most ridiculous and hilarious way to do it. Because it's like, oh, how do we? How do we do it? Oh, sh- just shove something on fire into it. It'll be fine. Look, <laughs> as a system, if it ain't broke, <laughs> just get the old trail of petrol running away from the thing and light the trail of petrol. There are more significant, like, like sophisticated ways to do it than just that. You'd hope so um, by this point. Let, less funny, but, you know, a bit, bit fancier. Yeah. Like, so they use uh, a special type of uh, chemicals called hypergolics. And they're basically like, they have these two different chemicals that when they come into contact each other, spontaneously combust. So you don't need like Dope. an ignition source. You don't need like any flame. They just like flame up themselves. Oh, so you yeah. spurt a tiny bit of each of these into the combustion mm, chamber and with, they... whilst pumping in oxygen and fuel and then bang. I'd never so thought about cool. doing it chemically. I'd always assumed it was like an electric mm. spark or something. Mm, same here. Mm. So, yeah, I, th- I think there are rockets that have like similar to like a spark plug in like a car, like an electric spark, but using the chemicals is more reliable because hmm. if spark plugs can break, yeah. chemicals chemical reactions don't break. They always work. <laughs> Unless you have like some super powerful like entity that has the power to change physics and chemistry. <laughs> yeah, we don't know we what's don't out in there. Most rockets, right? Well Yeah. I mean if you if you have that, then I think you've got bigger problems than how to light the rocket. Yeah, how do we light our thing? <laughs> I feel like it'd probably be lighter as well to have a couple of different reactive chemicals in it enough to just cause a flame or a spark rather than having to wire up a whole ignition spark system with metal and stuff. I don't know how yeah, dense reactive it, it, things are, but metal is heavy, no? Metal is quite heavy, I <laughs> can confirm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other advantage of, uh, of, of the chemicals is, yeah, so there's two advantages and it's simpler and more reliable. The disadvantage is apparently these hypergolics are like extremely toxic. Oh, good. So, you know. Cool. Cool and good. Some pros and cons there, you know. <laughs> don't don't get near the, those chemicals. They're bad for you. They're not chemical. Toxic, they're all chemi- that fun uncool. Stuff. To be fair, getting under the bottom end of a rocket will be bad for you no matter what's like. <laughs> <laughs> but like even fueling them, you know, you don't want to. <laughs> it's always nice to not have to use things that can potentially kill you, like even without lighting them on fire. It's just general like risk management and mitigation, right? Like if there's one option that doesn't involve toxic chemicals and one that does, I'd be more inclined to go the non-toxic route given the choice. Yeah, exactly. But then again, money and uh, True. and reliability money. and all that. So <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of a lot of 
a lot of rockets today do use that method. I think so. The SpaceX Falcon Nine mm. uh, uses that chemical method to light them because um, it's proven to be very yeah. reliable, and SpaceX care a lot about reliability. And I suppose it's not too bad if you have good safety measures. I'm sure you can. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I mean, matches, and they have like <laughs> phosphorus and stuff in them, which is definitely not the greatest thing in the world. And we use all sorts of cleaning chemicals all the time that are toxic, but it's not like we're, you know, dropping dead because we yeah. put bleach in our toilets. Like anything, any dangerous chemical can be used responsibly as long as like the warning labels are read and understood. And I guess the same goes for rocket science. Yeah, and I would hope that people building and fueling these rockets know what they're doing. Because <laughs> there's a whole lot of other dangerous stuff happening mm. in and around a rocket as well, other than this one little bit of dangerous toxic chemical. You then know, the, like uh, the fact that chemical there's basically a controlled explosion. Yeah, that getting thrust too. downwards and launching people up out of the atmosphere. I think there are a few other risks involved there. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah. sounds chill. Sounds safe as. Fucking I count thought- me in. I thought that I just had, and I don't know if any of us here are equipped to answer this question, but what would be the environmental impact on rockets and the amount of fuel and thrust that's going down, like when compared to other greenhouse gas outputs like coal mining and cars and all of this shit? I'm very happy you asked that because this is something that I... um have there you go. Read into and also care about because you know absolutely ah, awesome. someone is equipped to answer this. This question. wasn't even scripted or planned. That is not. <laughs> it just worked out in my favor. Happy days. <laughs> Didn't even plan it. The inner hippie in me is just dying to know. Yeah, but well, like I mean, we all care about the environment, so that's you know, that's a consideration. Mm. And logically, when you look at a rocket and see a big flame out the back, you got to think that hmm. Mm, that mm. might not be that great for the environment or the atmosphere. Yeah. And you would be right, but not all the time. It depends. So okay. the thing that it depends most on is, well, two things. One, the type of rocket fuel being used, and two, the way they've built the rocket engine. So I'll cover the the fuel thing first because that's probably easier to understand. But like, So obviously, like I said, you carry all this oxygen and then you carry something else that you combine with the oxygen and Mm. burn. Uh, So the thing that you're burning will have a different chemical reaction depending on what the the chemical is. And then that will produce different thing like greenhouse gases or, you know, ideally not greenhouse gases. Yeah. Um, So the most common rocket fuel is called RP1, which I'm pretty sure just stands for rocket propellant one. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say. It's not the most inventive name, but it's basically just kerosene. It's descriptive, though. Oh, right. It's the number one rocket Tells me everything I need to know. Is it the number one or is it the first one? I don't know if it was the... It wasn't the first rocket fuel used, but it was the Mm. first, like... I don't know where they came up with the name, to be honest, but... It's the Formula One of rockets. (laughs) It's not a WD-40 situation where it was, like, the 40th batch that got made and that's what worked. (laughs) Well, actually, like, surprisingly, the very first rocket, like, proper rocket modern really good fueled rocket was fueled by ethanol. Ah. Oh yeah. Mm. Booze rocket. I think the reason why <laughs> they stopped using ethanol is because it's very expensive and annoying and time consuming to make compared to kerosene, which you can just, you know. How do you make kerosene? Ethanol, you sure. just get your yeasty boys to work. But I think kerosene you get from like oil and natural gas, I think. Right. Okay. So you don't have to make it, you just, you know, dig it up. And, you know, humans yeah. love digging things up out of the ground. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they basically just use Dug a whole dad. Ah, I did but, not know that. I'd heard of ethanol, but didn't know Caro was involved too. Problem is when you burn kerosene, it does produce things like carbon dioxide, which aren't great for the atmosphere. Mm. Um, but my but God, the, it does make good oh. flame. Don't throw kerosene into a fire, but if one no. were to happen to throw kerosene into a fire, I <laughs> know from a reliable source it's don't, quite spectacular. Don't throw, don't throw kerosene into a fire unless you want to launch something to space. Eat <laughs> yourself into space. That's true. Don't do that but, unless you're a rocket scientist. Um, the cool thing is, though, if you swap out kerosene for something else like liquid hydrogen, 
when you burn hydrogen with oh. water, uh, sorry, with I've, I've I've shown my hand. When you burn <laughs> hydrogen with it. oxygen, you just produce water. Oh, there's no carbon dioxide. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, because there's no carbon in the system to turn into carbon dioxide. You're putting yeah. hydrogen and like oxygen together. We spoke about this in our hydrogen episode because we were talking about mm. hydrogen cars and how the like waste product from that yeah, right. is just like water like trickles out the back. Um, I was very pro hydrogen in that episode, and I still am to this day. Hydrogen mm. all the way. Yes, it's gotta be the number like one that. element. Could you accidentally <laughs> make sure bleach though? If you just like have a little bit too much oxygen, you think you're spewing out water, but you're just dropping peroxide over everyone. <laughs> 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 like it, a legitimate like, question is that is that a thing that could happen? Luckily, I don't think chemistry works like that. That's yeah, that's not how. <laughs> I'm not. I dropped out of chemistry early. Like I, I don't know. Like why? Why is water a chemical that is more favorably made than hydrogen peroxide? When I don't know. That's just equal parts hydrogen and oxygen. No. Unfortunately, Matt, I think that's a question you need to use maths to answer. <laughs> we don't want to do that. So, <laughs> you guys are physicists. You love maths. It's your language. As a science communicator, your audience doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're not dripping bleach on people. That's that's good to know. Well, ideally. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I, don't, I, I haven't actually. I, I don't think that happens. Well, I haven't heard of that happening. I think it's all just water. Ideally. Um, you keep saying that ideally with that. Well, it's not, I, you know, I can't confirm. I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, I, okay. I don't want to lie. You need a very specific mislead. set of like st- circumstances to mm. make the chemical reaction play out in different mm. ways, right? And if you were trying to actively create hydrogen peroxide, you would need a very different set of. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. So combustion, combustion, the react, combustion reaction produces hydrogen, um, between hydrogen and oxygen produces water, and then yeah. peroxide is made in a different chemical <laughs> reaction that I don't... If you want to know more about how peroxide is made, Matt, I <laughs> uh, you know a really good um, podcast. You can email curiosityrat at gmail.com. Actually, they do listen to questions, and they might actually be able to go into more detail about that for you. All right, um, let me open up Gmail. Ri- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Although, okay. We're talking about fuels. We've talked about um, liquid rocket engines using liquid fuels. I, I've played Kerbal Space Program a couple of times, and I'm aware that there's a different fuel source that you can select other than liquid engines, yeah. and that's solid-state rocket engines. I, I don't know what that means at all other than in the game you have less control over it, but it gives you a really big burst of thrust. Um, but what, what are solid-state rocket engines, and how are they different from liquid rocket engines? So, I mean, the name is actually pretty self-explanatory. So, like, with liquid rockets, you're mixing liquids and burning them. Solid rockets, the actual propellant is a solid. Often it's like, like, so basically you've mixed together, like, the oxidizer and the fuel together, and then it solidifies into, like, a waxy substance. It And then you just burn that waxy substance and to produce um, like a giant candlestick a giant yeah. aggressive candlestick i was, I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say dabs rocket dabs dabs <laughs> <laughs> it's okay benji just came from la this is allowed yeah it was legal there they have a lot of rockets over there i did my research <laughs> But yeah, like solid rockets are pretty, pretty cool because it just seems so weird that you have like this just big chunk of thing that you then light on fire and then boom, rocket engine. Do you, do you use, do they use the matchsticks to light the candles on fire for these rockets? Like, I mean, you could, (laughs) but (laughs) I think, I think normally with solid rocket motors, they, Mm. they, they use something a bit more sophisticated than that. Like, like the chemicals (laughs) or a spark plug or something like that. Hopefully. Hopefully by this point. (laughs) Um, The problem with solid rocket motors is once Mm. you start them, you can't stop them. Oh, that's a little scary. (laughs) So yeah, like you want to make sure that like, yep, we're ready to go here. So I think one of the, one of the most famous rockets was the space shuttle, right? Um, Mm. I think most most listeners will have at least seen an image of a space shuttle. It's got a very yeah. distinct look to it. Those two big white tubes on either side were solid mm. rocket boosters. So inside them were like some mm. waxy flammable substance mixed with an oxidizer. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they light it from the top down. 
So oh. the flame is going, it's like hollow. There's a hollow tube in the middle and then the Ooh. flame is going like down through the center. It goes up oh. and back. Sorry. So like, I'm just trying to picture it. You're, you've got the, you want it to come out the bottom, but you yeah. land at the top, but then there's a tube. So it goes up to the top of the thing and then down through the tube. Well, if you like the, like there's a, yeah, the tube there, you light it up the top and the what flame do goes do down goes through up. the tube. Yeah. If you light it right. from the top and it goes down. Oh, okay. The tube. I'm confused, but that's okay. Is there like a sort of capillary action going on that's making the wax or like push it up like a tube of toothpaste so the fuel keeps going to the top of the rocket to keep burning? Uh, and what, no, because remember, the fuel is solid. So, so it just burns down. It's just bur- it burns away. It just, it so bur- the fire just eats its way down? I, th- no. I think it, it either eats its way down or eats its way from the inside of the, tu- the hollow tube out to the edge. Oh, so it just gets oh. wider. That is crazy to think of those massive, those massive fucking rockets on the side of the space shuttle. Are they pretty much like just full to the brim? Yeah. With, with, <laughs> like with, if you like with you can look at videos. <laughs> so they're in sections. If you look at videos, mm. they pour in this like wax stuff, and then it solidifies, and it's just it's insane. Like there's it's just like a big metal tube filled with this flammable. It almost reminds Solid. me of like C four, right? Like plastic explosives. Yeah. But but it just rather than being designed to go one big boom, it's like a more consistent output of burning and thrust. But you've just got like you got two bombs strapped to you. I know. It's yeah. It's pretty. This is the disadvantage of them. Like they they are very simple because you don't need any of that like plumbing and pumps mm. and all what we were talking about before. But mm. you know, <laughs> you've got. Are two the bombs. risks higher yeah. of yeah, something. I like- mean, the challenger, right? Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> there are issues that come <laughs> with solid rocket motors, but they're cheap, they're powerful, and simple to build. So you know, you've got to weigh up the pros and cons. But also, like one of the big things in rocketry now, thanks to SpaceX, is reusability. Sorry, you can't sorry. Reuse- rocketry is rocketry a real word? Yeah, oh, rocketry. Sure. Huh. You're building things? Amazing. I didn't know that either. The, 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 the <laughs> science of rockets. Rocketry. 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 Are you a rocketizen? A rocket like, scientist um, is a rocketite. Rocketite. <laughs> just a rocker. No, anyway, just a rocker. A rocker. <laughs> uh, anyway, sorry to derail you. Just yeah. rocketry was beautiful. Yeah, what's new in rocketry? Well, new in rocketry is reusability. You can't really mm. reuse solid rocket boosters. But you can reuse liquid ones. And also, yeah, so I don't know if people have seen the way SpaceX land their rockets is they go up, um, the first stage goes up, let's go of the second stage, and then relights to come back into the atmosphere and then lights again to land vertically. It's a pretty amazing thing. It's awesome. Mm. It is uh, so awesome. I, I have my problems with the elongated muskrat, but the stuff that SpaceX <laughs> is doing is fucking fantastic and it's going to revolutionize space travel. Oh, 100%. I agree. Elon Musk is yeah. a the smartest idiot on Earth <laughs> uh, and should learn when to shut the fuck up. But mm. SpaceX have already revolutionized the rocket industry more than like any other company ever. Mm. Like Reusable rockets 10 years ago didn't exist and now... Every every new mm. rocket is going to be reusable in some way because SpaceX have shown that not only is it doable, but you save a lot of money because you don't have to, you know, rebuild these rebuild the often hundreds of billions of dollars <laughs> yeah, worth, of hundreds of millions massive. dollars worth of rocket every time you want to launch something to space. And I like guess imagine, also like waste, sorry, like leftovers. Like what happens to old rockets that aren't reusable yeah. when you're kind of done with them? Like. <laughs> there's two things. Uh, mm-hmm. that, well, there's three possibilities. One, it's just left in orbit in space, just mm-hmm. contributing to space junk. Something, something. Two, space debris. We have an episode on that, I think. Mm. If, it, if it doesn't make it to space, it'll fall down into the ocean. Mm. And then the third option is if it falls down into the ocean, sometimes they retrieve it, but often they don't. Or it could just kind of break up in the atmosphere when it re-enters. Uh, it depends on how they've designed it. But... More often than not, then it's just junk either in the atmosphere or in the oceans. In the ocean, uh, not great. In space. So good, you know, not so, good for the environment, not good for yeah. space, Rockets, and also good not good for money. So mm. those are the three most important things: the environment, <laughs> space, and money. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah, that order. In that order. <laughs> That's going to be the title of my autobiography, actually. The environment, environment space, space, and money. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So having reusable rockets is. Honestly, 
groundbreaking. Yeah. Pun. But is there a pun there? I don't know. So one of the things is though, you can't use solid rocket motors because you can't relight them. Once they're lit, mm. they burn through and then they're done. You can't refill or, them? You can refill them. In fact, they mm. did actually do that for the space shuttle. But mm. in order to land a rocket, you need to turn off the rocket engine, turn it around, relight it, have a comeback, and then have it oh, relight right. the land. You can't do any of that with a solid rocket motor because once you light it, it burns through all its fuel until it's empty. Right. It's there's done. no like stop point. Like It doesn't know how to stop. Yeah. Could you make like a hybrid tank where its main motor is solid rocket fuel, but then you have mm. a separate motor on there as well that just has liquid landing. rocket fuel in it just for the purpose of relanding mm. it? So you get the benefits of the cheaper, more boomy solid you stuff? Yeah, you could, but it would probably be easier just to have just a liquid motor because then then yeah. you don't have to develop two separate rocket engines mm, and have yeah. two separate things to, you know, because then the, when you want to relaunch it, you'll have to refill and, you know, yeah. refurbish. It's easier the if you just The complexity of the dual system outweighs the benefit of being able to still use the solid. Yeah. yeah. A real thing that people try to do mm. in, like, building things that go to space is, like, you want the fewest number of moving parts as possible because the more moving parts you have, the more things the can more go wrong. shit can get fucked. So if you have one good liquid rocket engine, you don't want to build a second solid rocket engine as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then also, like, especially for SpaceX's newest rocket that they're testing out, Starship, they want to send that to the moon and Mars. Mm. You can't refuel a solid rocket motor on Mars, but in theory you could refuel a liquid one. So... Mm. That's another consideration. Wait, um, why? How are they going to get the fuel over to Mars? They're not. They're going to... Well, the idea is that you can produce it there. So it depends what fuel you pick. And this is another thing mm-hmm. that you need to decide. So one of the other fuels I didn't mention earlier, mm. uh, when I said RP1, which is kerosene and helium, oh, hydrogen, those are the mm. two most common fuels. But now SpaceX are developing a, a methane-powered engine. And the reason Stingy. is you can... Technically, mm. produce methane on the surface of Mars. Are we going to get everyone to fart into this rocket to refuel it? <laughs> like, is that the game plan? Or you bring some cows with you, and then uh, yeah, like it. this is what I'm yeah. thinking, right? Fart-powered rocket. Well, some people could produce some solid-state fuel as well. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great way to build like a um, self-contained ecosystem on a spaceship. You have massive cattle farms producing large amounts of methane, which then Mm. fuels the rocket that you're flying on through space. And also you've got food because cattle and they Mm. can manage Mm. pastures and grass. Produces both human fuel and rocket fuel, the ultimate animal, (laughs) cows. Harnessing the greenhouse gases. And we'll just spew them into space where they don't matter rather than- What What are the humans doing then? Maybe we should just send cows on their own. Yeah. Oh, we're just, we're yeah, just who needs humans? <laughs> they probably have sent cows to space, right? Have yeah. cows been to space? They named no, it the Milky Way, right? Like like dogs cows. And cats to sp- uh, do- at least dogs to yeah, space. Yeah, all sorts of weird shit's gone to space. Surely cows. Okay, sorry, so. we're not... We're not getting our methane from farts, is what I've gathered. <laughs> no. How, where are we getting our Mars methane from, if not farts? Martian farts? Like, so... <laughs> well, farts. I mean, no one's okay, farting. technically okay, you could, it. but it's probably not very... Time con- you need it'd a probably lot. be time consuming. You got that's a lot of farts. Very so, yeah. inefficient. Need the, a lot of like beans for that one. The, <laughs> the way beans in space is a whole nother. Um, the way that they've <laughs> um, they're planning to do it because this hasn't like no one's ever done this before, so it hasn't happened yet. But in theory, the way they want to do it is so in the Martian atmosphere there is mm. carbon dioxide. There's not much, but there is some. So they want to use carbon dioxide along with water to produce methane through a process called the Sabatier process. I'm not a chemist, might have pronounced that wrong. I was going to say, did some French, that sounded French the way that Sabatier. <laughs> I think it's, it's def- I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a French guy that developed it. So, mm-hmm. you know, take my pronunciation with a grain of salt. Yeah. But basically uh. you're, you're combining water and so, cause there's water on the, on the poles of uh, Mars, uh, solid water. So you could take that. Uh, water on the poles, combine it mm-hmm. with the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere to produce methane. So then mm-hmm. you can fuel your rocket and um, come back to Earth. Sounds like a ah. really simple process that we definitely mm. uh, have the infrastructure set up on Mars. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the hard part. <laughs> 
Um, the cool thing is, though, you can use this same process on Earth so that you can, mm. you know, scrub carbon dioxide from our atmosphere, combine it with water, and then bam, mm. methane. Mm. And SpaceX actually methane. plans to do this because then technically their rockets will be, well, at least the, the, mm. the you know, not including the actual build of the rocket, they will be carbon neutral. Because and then reusable as well. You're using mm. the carbon from the atmosphere to produce the methane and then you burn the methane. So mm. is methane not okay. a stronger greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide though? Uh it is, except none of the methane will end up in the atmosphere because you're burning it all. It gets in the burnt. Rocket. It's the byproduct of the methane combustion that ends up oh, back in the atmosphere. Is the carbon yes, that you harvested. Gotcha. It's carbon dioxide okay. again, right? Yeah. There there's carbon dioxide there, but not it's actually yeah, it is it's fairly clean burning, so there's Mainly what? carbon dioxide and I think a bit of water. Because, like, water is also a really bad greenhouse gas. Like, we don't kind of talk about... Uh, oh, water, water vapour, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, let's not get into that. CH4. Okay. Methane is CH4. I wasn't actually yeah. sure what methane yeah. was. So it's the simplest hydrocarbon. Yeah. yeah. A um, hydrocarbon being a bunch of hydrogens around a carbon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, that's what makes something... Organic or not, right? It's, yeah, if it has carbon uh, and hydrogen bonds. It's hydrocarbons or not. Yeah. Um, I hate when I go oh, to the vegetable section funny. and they don't have any organic, so I have to eat silicon. Do we pretty much <laughs> exclusively use hydrocarbons as fuels or do we have any non-organic fuel sources? Uh, hydrogen in, is inorganic technically. Right. there's no, no carbon, carbon in there. Mm. So, but other than that, I think not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is why, like, that's part of the appeal of hydrogen as a fuel, right, is that it produces mm. zero CO2 in its combustion because there's no C mm. to create CO2. It's just the, the water that gets, um, yeah. But most, most of our fuels, like our car petrol and all that, are going to be hydrocarbons. Yeah. We like to... And you're like, I mean, it just works. The, the 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 energy stored in those chemical bonds are exactly mm, what we need. It just happens to be very useful. And they, yeah, right. That makes sense. All right. I'm just noticing approximately the time and how long we've been chatting rockets. And I want to not quite steer us along just yet, but throw just, just highlight that we're running low on time. And if there was any kind of last sort of stuff that you desperately wanted to get to talk about re-rockets that we haven't gotten to yet... Now's your chance. Um. I suppose the main thing I'll mention is, so the two kind of next-gen rockets, one of them being mm. SpaceX's Starship that I've already discussed briefly. Yeah. And the other one is uh, NASA's Space Launch System or SLS. Uh, so these are, the, these are like the two big new rockets that are being developed kind of sort of independently, but sort of not independently because mm. NASA also co-funds SpaceX and will also use... SpaceX's Starship to land on the moon. Mm. Um, but I just think it's really cool because we're finally going back to the moon, or at least in theory. Mm. Uh, yeah, the like what's the plan? Like I don't I don't when, stay when looped into yeah. any of this space news. Like I don't... So like, Project Artemis, right? Yeah. So it's mm. kind of the follow-up to Apollo program, which is when we sent astronauts to the moon back naming in the themes. 60s and early Got 70s. It. Cool little uh, naming thing there. So Mm. in Greek mythology, Artemis was the uh, twin sister of Apollo. So they named Mm. this one Artemis. That's cool. Just because it's like the Apollo number two sort of thing. It's Mm -hmm. like the second missions. And the SLS is pretty cool. It's kind of built from space shuttle parts (laughs) Mm. Um, because they thought that that would make it cheaper. In the end, it actually turns out to be extremely expensive. Like it costs like $2 billion per rocket. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Good. Not not the cheapest thing in the world, but it will be more powerful mm. than the Saturn V rockets that we sent the astronauts to the moon last time. Awesome. Um, You'd hope that they'd make something more powerful in yeah. it's been 60 years. Does that mean they'll get there quicker? <laughs> uh, it, the main thing that it means is that they could send more mass to orbit. Oh, so you can lift heavier things. Bring more shit up with you. Yeah, Because that's basically. like one of the biggest hurdles when it comes to space travel, right, is it's... You have to know what you're bringing with you, like down to the gram. Mm. Otherwise, it and like cows are pretty shit. heavy. So if we want to start taking cows to Mars, we need to start <laughs> building rockets that are powerful. Well, maybe to- bring baby cows and then let them grow. It's oh, really yeah. smart. Oh. <laughs> you still need to bring food for anyway. Oh yeah, uh, we'll work that one out. Well, maybe there's food on Mars already. I don't know. It's an idea that can be workshop. Is there food um, on Mars? <laughs> 
But yeah, like these two rockets are pretty mm. cool because they're both more powerful than the Saturn V, which mm. the Saturn V was the most powerful rocket for like the last five decades, six decades, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and now the SLS is launched. It, it's now the most powerful rocket ever that's ever sent anything to space. And then the Starship, SpaceX's new one, will be even more powerful than that. Mm. Uh, so it's like twice as powerful as the Saturn V, which is pretty crazy. Um, you should call it and, a Saturn 10. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, like, Here we I, go. I just yeah. like, I think it's a pretty cool time to be alive in t- if you care about rockets because we're now making the two most powerful and largest rockets ever built at the same time. And there's like That's a little friendly rivalry awesome. in the community. Not between, I don't think mm. there is for the people actually building the rockets, but the people like me that are fans of the rockets, there's a little bit of a rivalry. Do you have to pick a side, like, of the two rockets? Like, is there, like, yeah. <laughs> okay, what's, I mean, which ones? What are you? My favorite is the Starship because it's more powerful and also Hashtag it's fully reusable, whereas mm. the space launch mm. system is expendable. So they're just, you know, mm. chucking things in the ocean. So why why would anyone be the other one? Because it's what more are the powerful. Of that one? No, the SpaceX one's no. actually more powerful. Oh. Uh, there's no, I, the, the real reason it, it is politics. <laughs> yeah, um, right. Of course. And... When they started developing the SLS, no one had ever made a reusable rocket. It's just taken so long to develop it and build it that now SpaceX have kind of leapfrogged them. Mm. And Congress in the US that decides NASA's funding, a lot of the states wanted to only allow it if they had parts being built in their states because they care about jobs in their states. Mm. Right. And yeah. as a result, they kept... they you know, kept a lot of the existing technology instead of doing something like SpaceX and developing brand new technology. Because SpaceX pretty mm. much makes all their stuff in-house. Whereas mm. I've, I've seen a stat, like the SLS is being built across like like 48 of the states. Oh, what? Yeah. Like each part is from a different mm. company and subcontractors. I mean, it's, look. That's why it's so expensive as well. Yeah, yeah. But well, it's still a cool good. rocket, jobs nonetheless. Mm. Just, mm. it could be cooler. Yeah, great time to be a rocket enthusiast. The future's looking bright. Yeah. Hey, because rockets are bright, I think. <laughs> 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 if you look at the, the, the flamey end. And with that, <laughs> shall we launch into the <laughs> listener question? I don't know. Should, should we? Is there any, did you have any Matt questions or thoughts or... Uh, I mean, I just had a small digression about a, a space gun, but, you know, we don't need to go down the realms of space guns if we don't want to. Have we talked about know, space s- guns on the show? Space weapons? I don't know if I want to talk no, about No, no, space not space weapons. weapons. I'm talking about rather than a rocket as a system for propulsion oh. to get things into space, I'm talking about a big gun on the ground that is so powerful that it can actually launch things into space. I think they were working oh. on it in... Some amount of time ago, um, right. I think Saddam Hussein wanted one. Um, oh, good, but good, good. Some of the good guys. They've tried to build them before, but I don't think anyone ever got it working. But yeah. there is a company now that's doing something mm. similar. It's called Spin Launch, where basically mm. you take the thing that you want to put into space. And you blade, let it rip. Spin <laughs> Launch. It's a bit more complicated than that. <laughs> okay. Well. You put it in a vacuum chamber and then mm. like spin it really fast. Mm. And then let let go of it. So <laughs> like a sling. I'm not yeah. <laughs> yeah. entirely wrong. <laughs> what you said, but with a vacuum chamber. <laughs> like like imagine swinging like imagine swinging a yo-yo really fast and letting go, and you let it. Yeah, like a like a hammer toss. Like yeah, that, like yeah. a hammer throw in the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, but to space. Yeah, so all the way. To you, space. you let it go in the direction of space. <laughs> I make it sound silly. Mm. It's a lo- it's a lot more complicated. No, it sounds that. very cool. I'm the one making it silly. I apologize to all um, fans of. But yeah, launch. that's. I, I don't know if you count that as a gun, but it's kind of the same sort of thing. Like, how do we send things to space yeah. without using rockets? Um, yeah. Combustion. A giant trebuchet. Yeah. No. <laughs> insert it's more a trebuchet no than it is a gun. I'd I'd say it's. I guess a gun's still using combustion to to launch it, but it's just like one massive controlled explosion that's focused to project something else rather yeah. than a long sustained combustion thing generating thrust mm. that's contained within the thing that is being projected. Mm. Yeah, I reckon, so- yeah, you get more energy if you take the explosion with you. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'd like to cite the Megamind meme, no combustion. <laughs> oh, I will never stop. I will never well, stop. With, I mean, with the spin launch, there's no, mm. com- there is no combustion. It's just, mm. 
I mean, I don't know how they power the spinny thing, but <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> electric motors. I don't know. Magnets. Ma- probably, probably. Maybe this is where the magnets. little ha- hamster in a wheel, magical creature, brings yeah, back. <laughs> a little <laughs> magical <laughs> fantasy creature running on a treadmill. Bringing it yeah, full cool. circle. And so, <laughs> with that, are we done with rocket talk? Are we done? Are we? Yeah. I think so. We we talked about right. how what rockets are, how they work, different sorts of fuels, some groundbreaking rockets that are coming out now. A little bit of Elon politics. I'm I'm happy. <laughs> yes. So we didn't have a listener question uh, last episode because it was a um, shorter episode, quicker episode, special episode together in person. So we have one again today. Um, and once again, apologies, I do still have COVID brain, but we'll do our best because this one's, it's, a, it's funny, it's good, I like it. Um, yeah. uh, so a listener question, um, which listeners, if you're listening, you're like, oh, I have a question about how does one make hydrogen peroxide? Uh, you can email <laughs> curiosityrat at gmail.com is our email address, and I will do my best in future episodes to answer these questions for you very quickly. So we have one emailed in today from Morgan that says, why do we get butterflies in our stomach when we get anxious? And more importantly, do butterflies get humans in their stomach when they get anxious? <laughs> Which I think is, you know, there's two questions here, right? And they're both very important. I know that Morgan said that the second part is more important, but I think I think they're both good questions. So let's start with My the first guess part. Is um, why do we, sorry? My guess is adrenaline. It's got something I mean, to do with that. In very quick summary, if I had to give a one word answer, yeah, sure. That would that would be the answer. But Great, like Matt, you solved it. Cool. So All thank right, you guys, for listening to for listening. Uh, <laughs> Curiosity killed the. No. Okay. Essentially, very, 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 very simplistically, yes, it's adrenaline. But like, why and what and how does adrenaline lead to that feeling? I feel like you've told us nothing. Uh, you've given us the politician's answer. Told us everything and nothing at the same time. So that's what I do. Baby. Essentially, yeah. We have something called the autonomic nervous system. We have a whole branch of our nervous system that we have no control over um, that governs everything about kind of how our internal states. And there are two different arms of this, which is our sympathetic and our parasympathetic. So fight or flight is the sympathetic and then rest and digest is the catchy like other arm of that. You've got your fight or flight and your rest and digest. And these are kind of like the yin to each other's yang. As one increases, the other has to decrease. Like that's just how they work in the body. So when you get anxious or nerves or whatever it is that gives you that butterflies, you get your adrenaline. It means that your fight or flight sympathetic nervous system is increasing, which means uh-huh. you're getting your increased heart rate. The adrenaline's going through, you're widening your airways, palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms, arms are, are heavy. heavy. Spaghetti. Something, something. Mom spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> So that's Eminem wrote a song about the sympathetic nervous system. Good on him. Uh, and I mashed it up with uh, the "Don't Give Up Your Shot" from Hamilton a couple of years back. I might include the link in in, <laughs> yeah, in the description um, for those who are interested. But no, essentially, increasing this means that we're making some sacrifices in our parasympathetic, so our rest and digest. So that means that this adrenaline and also cortisol, um, this increased heart rate, gets the blood away from your digestive system, away from your stomach and into your muscles where you actually need it so that you can fight or flight or, you know, whatever, right? And so there's this drop in blood flow to your stomach. And there's also a massive drop in like acid production in your stomach. And it's this kind of quick drop of the rest and digest. And it's like, whoop, abort mission. Like even if you're halfway through digesting something and your body's just like, nah, fucking abort mission, get the blood to your muscles. That's what gives us that kind of like weird butterflies uh, in the stomach. So now the more important part of the question, now that we've answered that. Um, do butterflies get humans in their stomach uh, when they're anxious? This was really hard uh, to find an answer to because as soon as you fucking search, like in any search engine, like butterfly and stomach or butterfly and nervous system, like you don't get information about butterfly stomachs or the butterfly nervous system. All you fucking get is like mm. stuff about the whole there's butterflies in your stomach, right? Like that's just the thing that's just everywhere. Even in Google Scholar, yeah. the first listing, if I, I think I wrote like butterfly nervous system or something, it's like neurotic butterflies in my stomach, the role of anxiety, anxiety, sensitivity, and depression in functional gastrointestinal disorders. Like it's, you know, scientists trying to be psychomy using the butterflies in your stomach thing in the thing means that you can't find out information about butterfly stomachs. But 
I was able to be a little bit smart, a little bit creative and search uh, butterfly digestive tract instead. Ah, and I got a little bit sneaky. further in my search and I found out some stuff. So butterflies do have a digestive tract. Um, most of it is housed inside the abdomen of the butterfly. And that's mm. where they pro- um, process their like food and waste and stuff, which is mostly just nectar that they drink. Um, it does include a stomach, this digestive tract or a midgut, um, as it is called. Because in fact, I found an article that, I'm not going to go into, but I will attach the link if you want to read more. It was um, from the Discover Science magazine website, which I just want to say their tagline is science that matters. And I agree, this science does matter. The uh, title was butterflies have an extra second stomach attached to their vaginas. <laughs> so I'm just going to leave what? that sentence there. I will give you guys the link. You can read. It's. I don't have time to go into it. It's not actually like a stomach stomach. It's a reproductive organ. And Ooh. it's the reproductive system of butterflies is like a whole nother episode. It's insane. It's very cool. But butterflies have a stomach. Now, butterflies also have a nervous system. They have a brain, which side fun fact that I learned um, that I didn't know before this, most parts of like the brain in a caterpillar because you know how caterpillars, you know, turn into butterflies. They do this whole thing where they turn into goop and then reform. So, like, most part of the parts of the brain, the caterpillar brain is broken down and then rebuilt into the adult butterfly. So, even the brains are different between – it's insane. It's very – I don't know. I think that that's dope. I want to be able to turn goo into a brain. Like, that's what I need right now. Like, <laughs> butterflies, teach me your ways, please. Um, you can turn your brain into goo. We, we have the technology. I've got – I've figured out that Wrong. one. I can caterpillar. I just can't butterfly. You know? Mm, like – yeah. Um, anyway, they, what butterflies don't have is a really well-developed sort of sympathetic nervous system like we do. So they've got like a simple nervous system, but it doesn't have this two sort of arm sympathetic, parasympathetic existing in like, The sympathetic, was that the rest and digest or was that- Yeah, sympathetic, sympathetic is your fight and flight. Parasympathetic is your rest and digest. Okay. Butterflies don't have the two arms of it though, essentially. They just have a very sort of simple nervous system that reacts. They don't kind of like decrease one to increase the other. Um, Mm. Which means um, their response to like stress and danger physiologically is different. There's also a change in hormone levels, but also they don't have adrenal glands. So they don't produce adrenaline, right? So So butterflies don't feel fear. Sorry? Butterflies don't feel fear. No, they do. They just have their own special set of butterfly hormones mm. that are like special to butterflies. Oh damn! Yeah, they yeah, have a whole and unique like way of feeling. Honestly, feel. so there's so much that we don't know or understand about butterfly hormones and this sort of system mm. yet. Um, which you know is to say, to answer the question, we don't know if mm. when feeling an anxious that a butterfly feels like it has a human hanging out in its stomach. Like, we don't know one way or the other. Mm. Um, I don't think we have enough grounds to rule out the possibility. Like, we don't know what these special butterfly <laughs> hormones feel like. Maybe that's what they feel like. Maybe they feel like a human hanging out oh in the stomach. Oh, my God, there's a giant ape about to burst out of my intestines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the only the only thing that I will add as evidence maybe against this is that, like, humans are big, butterflies small, like, if I was to imagine what it felt like as a butterfly to have a human in my stomach, I'm, I'm picturing food coma. I'm picturing like, mm. you know, you're very full, right? You're not, it's not that fluttery sensation. It's like, oh, I'm full and I don't want to move, which is not what butterflies do. They don't food coma when they're scared. They fucking like go nuts. They flap their wings. They have very color. You may have noticed uh, butterflies have these like colorful wings with patterns on them. Don't what? know if you guys have ever looked at a butterfly before, but it's a, you yeah. know, it's a feature of them. Um, yeah. And so what they do when they get nervous is they flap their wings, like, really fast. They're trying Mm. to do this, like, um, they're trying to discombobulate the predators, essentially, or, like, mesmerize them. I don't know. I, too, spend my life trying to discombobulate and or mesmerize people (laughs) when I'm anxious. So maybe I'm a butterfly after all. Um, Some butterflies even have, like, these little eye, they're called eye spots, which are just, like, dots on the wings that are strategically placed so that when they do this flappy thing, it looks like they have, like, decoy eyes and they look like they're a big like the face of a big predator, right? With like eyes and the wings rather than a little butterfly. Um, So the only reason I would say probably no butterflies don't get humans in their stomach when they're anxious is that they flap around too much for that to make sense. Um, And that Morgan is my very serious, very logical, very well thought through uh, answer to your very serious um, question about Butterfly stomachs and also human hey. stomachs. Um, but at the end of the day, you don't know for sure. At the that, end of the day, yeah. I cannot confirm nor deny. Um, and that's so, so it's just based on a gut feeling. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, um, got it. How long were you waiting for that one? You were talking for a really long time. No, I know. So I could tell you were holding that in. I could see you wanting to make a joke. Mm-hmm. And so I kept talking so that you couldn't until I'd said all my words. And <laughs> How rude. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, look, with that, <laughs> folks, I'm going <laughs> to wind this episode up. Thank you, uh, Oliver, for joining us and telling us all about rockets and all of that shit. It has been a lot of fun. Um, if our listeners want to find more of you, you don't have to tell them where to find you. But like, if you have some, like, if you have any pluggables you want to plug or anything that you want people to find of yours or or not, you can just say fuck off if that's what you want. But let us know. <laughs> is there anywhere that people can find more of you if they want more? I mean, feel free to add me on like Instagram. Like, <laughs> if you want to ask more questions about rockets, I'm always happy to uh, chat about uh, rockets. You know, rockets cool. Yep. There's definitely more stuff I can talk about. Um, Well, all right, listeners, I will chuck the Instagram handle in the description. Everyone, please go spam him with all of your rocket questions. I think it'll be funny. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Do rockets get butterflies in their tanks? Do butterflies get (laughs) rockets in their... Or do rockets get astronauts in their belly? Can we use the methane produced by butterfly farts to power our rocket ships? Do butterfly farts These are all possible questions that I may answer in a future episode. (laughs) I don't even know if um, butterfly farts produce methane. That's that's the only thing. I honestly don't know that either, actually. That might Do butterflies be even fart? Do they have like a gaseous output? <laughs> well, I mean, their digestive look, system it's really hard way? to find stuff on their digestive system. So I don't know if I actually <laughs> could find the answer to this, even if I wanted to. I'd have to maybe just like email a bug scientist and ask my silly little fart question. But I'd be willing to do it <laughs> if someone emailed curiosityrat at gmail.com. Uh, with that question um, if you want to find us and follow us on social media if you don't already folks at Curiosity Rat is the Instagram and Twitter Twitter, Twitter handle Twiddle um, we also have a Patreon which no pressure but if you have money and appreciate the work that we put in you can find us Curiosity Rat on there and with that I think that's uh, that's everything I wanted to say is there anything else anyone else wanted to add before we put an end to this episode rockets are fun i like rockets they make space i Close like up. rockets, rockets are fun too <laughs> <laughs> i've said it better myself <laughs> beautiful look with that peace out folks we're done see ya Bye. it's an audio medium they can't hear you waving <laughs> <laughs> Kill the rat. Curiosity. Kill the rat.